Welcome to Video City, where there's no membership required and demons aren't going to ring the doorbell. I'm Brent. I'm Joe. And I'm Travis. And today, it's the end of a long recording session here for us, and we are ending on a treat. I'm so excited. This is Joe's day. We are doing 1987's The Gate. I am so psyched for this. Had never seen it before. This is a Joe pick. Joe, first off, thank you. You know what? You're welcome. Yeah. I mean, double thank you. Uh, it was the last film that I watched out of our selection for this time. I saved it for last and it was a treat then. It's a treat here at the end of our recording session today. I love it. So tell us about your experience with The Gate. I don't remember how we came across this, but I watched this like a hundred times growing up. I'm not sure if we borrowed it or we just rented it a whole bunch because this was always in like the 99 cent rentals. Yeah. But we watched this as often as we could. This movie scared the shit out of me as a kid. It's, I think it would have scared the shit out of me too. But uh, it was a fun scared the shit out of right. me. Not like I'm going to have nightmares about mm-hmm. this. Like, I'm terrified the whole time. This is fun. Yeah, it's that kind of thrill ride, like, ah, that's scary, yeah. but exciting. And then at the end, you want to do it again. Yeah, exactly. It's so good. Yeah. And the soundtrack rules. The acting holds up. Mm-hmm. Mostly. Mostly. But, you know, it's 87. Yeah. And this but, is a shoestring budget. Well, not shoestring, but it's not super big budget. No, it's a few million. Yeah. Which in movies is not much. Yeah. But we just, we watched it all the time. Was this one that y'all owned? Or was this just no, like a constant we didn't rental? Own it. We, constant rental, catch it on TV. Yeah. Okay. Because there was a while where it was on like those Saturday afternoon movies. Yeah. And really, I think, is this, is this rated R? I don't think it is. I don't think it has like a lot of bad language. No, it's PG-13. It's PG-13? Yeah, yeah there's not a lot of violence. There's um, no gory gore. Right. There's some, oh, what the fuck gore. Yeah, right, yeah. It's definitely 87 people. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you definitely got some, uh, here's the warning out, you get some inappropriate language. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, it's real product of its time. But other, you know, other than that, which they would absolutely play on TV without question, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it's... There's good PG-13 horror, and I think this is a perfect fucking example of it. Yeah, I don't think it would possibly be PG-13 now. No. No. Like, if they released this now, it'd be an R. It would be an R, but mostly because of the language, I think, and not, like, the the insensitive language we're talking about, and not... I don't think they drop a lot of F-bombs, if any. No, and there's not a lot of bad imagery. Yeah. Well, they do drop some F-bombs, but not the ones you're talking about. That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, true. I did did hear, in doing a little research on the back of this, that it's got the PG-13, but the original script Mm -hmm. went way darker. Yeah, a lot harder. I read that as well, where it was supposed to be a lot more grim and kind of This is already pretty grim. It is, but it was supposed to be like more of like a citywide kind of deal oh, okay. versus just, just kind of where there's like in this rapes house. and murders in the street kind of deal. Yeah. Oh, okay. you know, hell's released. Yeah. Kind of deal. Like yeah. Hellraiser three hell on earth. That's yeah. what they kind of compared it to. It, it, it could have gone the Hellraiser direction. Yeah. Which would have been a very different fucking vibe. I this wish movie. this existed now. Because <laughs> if there's one thing I like, it's a Hellraiser. Yeah. Oh, the first two. Amazing. I, yeah, I mean, the first one, yeah, I don't oh, think I've seen see Hellraiser 2. 2 is so good. Okay, I have seen Hellraiser 3, though. Oh, that one sucks, but it's fun. It was bad, but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's when it was... That was the last one that was fun bad. After that, they just get they bad, 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 bad. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, okay, um, Travis, have you, had you ever seen the game? I had not uh, seen this. Joe actually introduced me to this movie a couple years ago, uh, so I saw it for the first time then. 
Yeah. Delightful. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to it. I mean, we're going to give it away. I just watched it to watch it then. It wasn't, you know, is there right. anything else? There was no, didn't really dive into it. So rewatching again this time, yep, yeah, totally hold up. Yeah. Still great. Yeah. yeah, I had never heard of it. I mean, obviously I've, I've you know, this is not a cast of well-known people. This is a... You have Stephen Dorff. Stephen Dorff. Who is in a few things. Yeah. He was in Blade 1. He was in Blade, yeah, and some other stuff. Yeah, nothing that I can't really bring to mind. Yeah, but he was in Blade. Um, and a lot of it is really just like a lot of, you know, TV actors, you know, kind of... Yeah, and, you know, of their time. Of their time. And some, Travis, actually let us know, are more current. Uh, Jennifer Irwin. Jennifer She's one Irwin. of the sisters. Yeah. She recently, yeah, had a role on uh, The Goldbergs. Yeah. Which is... And you said on, and on Eastbound and Down. As she well. was yes, the brother's wife on Eastbound and Down. Yeah, and that's that's where when, I guess I would. When known Kenny it from. says in the very first episode, "Don't stare at me with those dead eyes, you church bitch." Mm-hmm. That's who he's talking. That's to. who it is. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I yeah. So I had, I had never heard of this. The cover looks kind of familiar, but I was absolutely a little coward baby uh, growing up, and I would have never rented a horror movie. Oh, see, that's exactly what I went for when I was a kid. Yeah. If the cover looks spooky and cool, Mm -hmm. like, did you ever see the cover from Monkey Shines? Yes. Yeah. I hated that cover. I loved that cover. (laughs) Yeah. Scared the shit out of me. That Child's Play... They yeah. all had great covers. I, I think I saw Child's Play, but like I don't think I saw... With the Jack in the Box and the Shears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, such a good cover. I think I didn't see like the first Friday the 13th until I was well into my 20s. My parents were not good <laughs> at shielding us from yeah. things we shouldn't see. They were just like, all right, you two fat nerds, go run to the 99 cent <laughs> section and pick something so that you don't try to talk to us. Right, yeah. And it worked. Mm-hmm. I probably could have had that. I don't think there was a lot of supervision, but I, it was really just, I was a big scared baby. And this I is how cry. I got into like trauma movies when I was 10. Yeah. And Friday the 13th, I started those way too early. Yeah. It, See, what he really did it for was the boobs. Right. Because well, in those movies, there was always, there's always a boob. You always. always. It's, yeah, you get spooked. The only boob, two times you know? I regretted it were It, the Tim Curry one, because uh-huh. that traumatized me. Yeah. And Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Also traumatized me. Also traumatized you. Also with clowns. Okay, so, so it's, it's a clown, clown thing. thing. It, it's a terrifying nightmare thing. Okay. These things shouldn't exist. Okay, but clowns. Clowns. Okay, yeah. so it's a clown thing. Okay. There were some clowns. I mean, this that. is also a story of things that shouldn't exist, you know. No, like, this is fine. Okay. This is yeah. just, These I, are just demons the from ori- hell. Now, yeah. The original minions. Yeah. That's how, if you go back and listen to the cast, that's they refer to them as the minions. Really? The demons, yeah. Okay. So it's like Despicable Me. Yeah. The prequel. <laughs> yeah. Only better. Well, I guess Only it's not better. a prequel. It's just the origin. This is just, yeah, the origin story, which yeah. I guess is kind of, this is Despicable Me Zero. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, this is what like happened. Like Yakuza Zero. Yes, exactly. So, uh, yeah, this was, uh, spoiler alert, this fucking treat. Uh, yeah, starts kind of in a way where I'm like, it's fine, but man, when the shit hits it the fan in this movie, it's such a good misleading start because you're like, okay, it's just a little family movie. I yeah. guess some shenanigans will happen. Yeah, and then it just goes from like zero to fucked, yeah. super fast, and it rules. And yeah. then it just it's all that way to the very very end. Yep, like so, it's just it takes a little while to get going. I think it takes about there's about an hour and twenty minute movie, just under an hour and a half. Um, and I think it takes about 30 minutes for it to kind of hit maybe 40, almost for it to really go. You get some of the spookies, you know, you get the lights flickering and all that. And Glenn, Steven Dorff's character is obviously kind of dread the whole time. Um, 
But what I really liked about this is it's, it's, it's some of my favorite kind of horror is I always call it dream logic horror. Where like this film feels like, I mean, Dorf is, I think, 11 or 12 when this movie was made. And it's like, this is the kind of nightmare I would have when I was like 11 yeah. or 12. It kind of has horrible that Horrible things just happen, then go away. Yeah, and then just happen again. And yep. it's kind of like, getting to a later part of it, the whole deal with the guy in the wall, like the dead, the workman, mm-hmm. where Terry's like... Oh, I lied about that. I just but, made that shit up. But then it becomes real, and it's kind of like, oh, and it just happens out of nowhere. And now all of a sudden, he's the big bad until it, it goes oh, away. so good. Yeah, it's just like that dream logic of like, this is a kid's nightmare, and I think it does that fucking perfectly well. Uh, so super, super happy with it. So, Joe, tell us a little bit about what was going on. Um, or I guess, should I, I always forget, do I give my little breakdown of it first, and then we talk about what was happening? in there you know let me do this real quick since we just kind of vamped on it for a while sure so it was released may 15th 1987 Mm -hmm. i was recently two years old Uh uh-huh because i was that's how birthdays work that's how (laughs) life works (laughs) the number one movie is action comedy ishtar Uh uh-huh starring warren Beatty and dustin hoffman yep which i have never heard of I have heard of it because the guys at Red Letter Media had a running gag about it. Specifically, the trailer to Ishtar. I, yeah, I didn't find out about it until I did that. And then from what I've heard about it, it's notoriously supposed to be the worst movie of all time. Oh, awesome. Cool. Now, hearkening back to a previous discussion, the number one song is U2's With or Without You. <sighs> We have already talked about you 2 so I think I don't want to redo that bit. Nope. Yeah. So moving on to the alternative charts. The number one on the chart was nothing because it's 1987 <laughs> and there are no alternative <laughs> charts. <laughs> but on CBS tonight, it's a new episode of Dallas, Fall of the House of Ewing. Bobby and Pam's dreams of a serene, happy future are shattered. The impending loss of Ewing Oil has a desperate JR fighting for his life while a smug Jeremy Wendell reveals his plot to him. Ow. And on May 17th of 1987, it's the end of one of the best eras of sitcom history when Shelley Long's final episode as Diane Chambers airs on the TV show Cheers. Ow. Ooh, okay, okay. The Diane era of Cheers was amazing. Yeah. How long was that era? Not long enough, because then they brought in Kirstie Alley. You know, we talked, I think it was uh, last uh, last recording we did, uh, about that bass guy, or that guitar guy who looked way older than... Oh, Bonamassa. Yeah, Bonamassa. And it was the thing where people recently showed me, like, while Cheers was being filmed, they showed the actual ages of everyone, and they're, like, in their early to mid-30s. And yeah. they all look like they're in their late They're 30s. all younger than us. Yeah, they're all younger than we are now. They, they look... And they look like my dad does now. He's 72. Well, on May 11th, the first heart-lung transplant takes place in Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, Oh, Baltimore. Baltimore. They got those hard A's up there in Baltimore. You love you uh, East Coast accent. I love Pennsylvania accents. Yeah. There's there's a a comic out now that's from Baltimore, and he goes all about it, where he says, like, the the O. Uh It's like, oh. He's like, that's a domestic abuse air raid siren. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) If we ever cover Groundhog Day, will you do the whole thing in Pennsylvania? Talk? Oh, I would love to. Let's if go. you give me like a couple of days to listen to nothing but Baltimore, really drill it in. It, it 
dives into my regular speech because I love to hear it so much yeah. that I'll throw that O in there. You kind of say like dude, like with a little I bit know, of a, because yeah. I love it so I, <laughs> born and raised in Texas. I love that garbage accent so much. I just pipe it in whenever I can. He's a filaboo. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And most importantly, May twenty seventh. Michael Jordan was awarded Seagram's Award as the NBA's Player of the Year, an award determined by a computerized statistical analysis of players based on their positions. Jordan's computerized score of 80.81 beat out Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, Hakeem Olajuwon, and Charles Barkley. Suck on that, nerds. Wow. The king. He's the best to ever do it. Right? We love Michael Jordan. Apparently. I mean, I guess we just, it, it's, a, it's a running bit. So, yep. yep, he's the GOAT, baby. Friend of the show, Michael Jordan. Friend of the show. <laughs> the greatest basketball player of all time, Michael Jordan. Uh, anything else? Well, I have a fun fact about this movie. Let's go. That ties into a previous episode. Sure. In 2011, Alex Winter tried to remake this movie in 3D. Really? Yep. Interesting. In, tw- in 2011? Yeah, 2011. Okay. It, start, it went into production and everything, and then it fell apart and never happened. <sighs> Would he have done it, like, in the style of Freaked? Would we have gotten some... I hope not. Some wacky edgelord humor in it? Well, this is 2011, so maybe... So probably. Around there is when uh, the director, uh, Tybor, directed his last film, which was Spiders 3D. Oh, I don't know if you remember Spiders 3D. No, I don't. But that was Tybor's last film. You asked me, I don't know if you remember that. Do you remember it? I remember, I, I guarantee you I never saw it. Uh-huh. Was but this like I, a straight to DVD thing? Or no, was this in it was, anyway, I assume it was, yeah, in theaters. I, I remember Spiders 3D. With the like stuck in glasses in the case. Maybe so. Oh, could have. The yeah. red blues. I feel like I could see in 2009 and 2012 a Spiders 3D movie coming out. Maybe. I saw Big Ass Spider. Maybe that's the one I'm thinking of was Big Ass Spider. But I know I remember a spider movie. Big Ass Spider was fun. That was an actual movie. It had Arquette in it. I thought that was Eight Legged Freaks. Oh, I'm mixing up my big spiders. This one had (laughs) me and my friend Gina only called him Fat Kitty Cop from Heroes. Okay. There's Matt Parkman on Heroes. Okay. Well, it doesn't fucking matter because Heroes (laughs) was a shit show and Uh this movie was kind of good. But yeah. Okay. Let's talk a little more about the director. So, The Gate is the studio directorial debut of Canadian director Tibor Takash. Takash is basically most well-known for this movie, or I guess also Spiders 3D, if we want to go by based off what Travis is saying. But he also directed the Showtime original movie, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, starring Melissa Joan Hart, which went on to become a long-running TV series of the same name. And he also directed two episodes of Red Shoe Diaries, which went on to become some of the first softcore that I... Um... So the movie stars a young Stephen Dorff <laughs> as Glenn and Louis Tripapa as Glenn's friend Terry and Krista Denton as Glenn's older sister Al. Uh, is it Alexandra? Alexandra. Alexandra, yeah. So the movie takes place over... Albert. One extremely fucked up weekend. Al Bundy. Where, where Glenn and Al's parents leave the kids at home. Uh, Al throws a party with her shithead friends. And Glenn and Terry accidentally summon demons from the bowels of hell who proceed to wreak uh, psychological and physical havoc on the kids uh, and their friends and disrespect the absolute shit out of the saddest dog who's ever existed. 
So that is my summation of the gate. It's the wildest episode of Married with Children ever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, I say let's uh, let's get right to it. Yeah. You let's know? dig into this so feast. The New Century uh, Vista Corporation is who uh, produced this. Great work. Uh, director of photography Thomas Vamos. And when I looked at the runtime, I thought that checks out. Oh. <laughs> So we start with a really kick-ass theme song. Oh, here. yeah. It's that great 80s, like, wave table era. Yeah. And I'm trying to think. It's Michael Honig and Peter Robinson, and they did The Wraith, The Gate, and they did the remake of The Blob. Okay. I... That ugly Dylan brother. Sure. What's, what's Matt Dillon's brother? Kevin Dillon? Kevin Dillon. Yeah. Yeah. That movie's awesome. I remember The Blob remake. It freaked me out It freaked kid. me out, too. I don't like The Blob. It freaked oh, me I like, love The Blob. They, uh, g- absorbing people. Ugh, it's yeah. terrible. Ugh, it's like a gelatinous cube kind oh, of deal. I don't like it. We'll watch it. Oh, yeah, for sure. One of these okay. days. So we start here, and like this is this feels like a real-ass neighborhood. Like, you know, it's not a set neighborhood. No, yeah. it feels like it's an actually actual Toronto a new neighborhood. construction neighborhood. Yeah? They're just, yeah, now building it. It, it feels just, like it, too. Because none of the backyard scenes are actually filmed in the backyard. All the backyard scenes are on set because they were building all the all houses the around it. Yeah. Okay, so that does make sense because I was like, hey, first off, like, remember bicycles? Remember when we could step outside for more than five minutes? That was great. Um, but also, that is the most fucking desolate neighborhood ever. Like, there's no one there. Yeah. That makes sense. I also, as the kind of vibe of the movie went on, I was like, oh, well, that makes sense because it's the kind of dream logic thing, which, speaking of, the movie starts where... Glenn, young Stephen Dorfafa, is walking around the house. No one's there. He's calling out for his parents. He's calling out for Al. And just shit's getting real weird. And, and it goes from day to night real quick. In like the blink of an eye, he steps out in the back. There's a storm afoot. And he is going to his treehouse, which exists. Okay, so my first little ask is, did y'all know anyone who had treehouses? No. no. Me I neither. Wish. I fucking wish. I, well, I knew one kid. Uh, this kid, Mark, uh, in my hometown... Sounds like a real asshole. Yeah. No, he was actually a real oh, sweet okay. kid. Uh, and well, he's an asshole too. for having a treehouse. Well, what a prick, right? What a privileged yeah. little asshole. I mean, it. <laughs> treehouses are one of those things that are so ubiquitous with, like, kids' movies and kid stuff. Like, Bart Simpson had a treehouse in The yeah. Simpsons. And it's like, they look so fucking cool. It's like your little fucking... You go up like a little goblin and yeah, you're it's your own little like just hideaway place. Yeah. And I never had that. I never went to camp. Yeah. Never I did went to not camp. have a movie childhood. Yeah. Well, I went to camp. You did? I get made fun of it a lot. It was diabetes camp, but. Really? Di- they have a diabetes camp? You yes. meet other kids right? with diabetes? It was, it was to... a camp of all diabetics. Okay. Well, that's cool. I, I did. I really enjoyed it. They yeah. didn't have a sweet time. Yeah. But anytime I say that now, <laughs> anytime I say that out loud, somebody, most notorious my wife, will go, I'm Scott Malkson. I have diabetes. It's a South Park reference. They have okay. a, a character on South Park who has diabetes, and all they do is dog on this kid. Okay. Yeah. Thank you again for keeping me up to date on South Park. Well, this was, all the South Park references I've given you are years old. Yeah. Well, yeah, I know. But you're still keeping me up to date. It's sooner than I've ever done it. So... Glenn goes out to uh, the the uh, the treehouse. So and yeah, as you would justice, during a huge storm, you would climb into a tree, right, into the highest point into around a fragile wooden structure. Yeah, that already looks like it's falling apart. Karmic justice hits immediately because this kid does not deserve a treehouse. Lightning strikes the tree, and the treehouse falls to the ground with Glenn in it. And it turns out it was just a dream. So, do they ever explain why the tree is falling over the next day? No, uh, no. The, they never the big say motive the in this movie is it just happened. Yeah. 
I think that's some of the dream logic. So, like, stuff. what? Also, what was that dream? Has it, had the the tree been falling over for days? Or maybe and the he dream was, like, was just oh. his way of processing the loss of the treehouse. Yeah, because he wakes up the next happened. day and he hears the workers. You know, yeah, he's got it down. He's got tractors and bobcats in his backyard. Yeah. He's also got the world's largest backyard. <laughs> yeah. Like, kid fucked. Holy moly. Well, this was the 80s, man. They, these parents probably got that house with that backyard for about 25 bucks. Yeah, they each work at McDonald's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I do want to say, like, when the lightning hits the treehouse in the dream, it is like thunderclap dot wave. Like, it's a like it's we've all heard that sound effect a million fucking times. I guess it would be Tim Hortons. This is Canada. Yes. Uh, we have a Tim Hortons here. Thank you. Are we Canada now? Nope. The one of the only Tim Hortons in America is, I guess, technically Katie. It's at 99 and Clay. I stop by there every morning on the way to my office. How is the coffee good? Never had it. It's delightful. They make new coffee every 20 minutes and they throw that old shit out. Sounds wasteful. All right. Yeah, that's what everybody was very bummed out about. And they're like, yeah, we don't care. Fresh coffee. Okay. Well. Good for them, I guess. Well, one one note I did want to say is when when uh, we, when Glenn wakes up from the dream, we get the first shot of his dog, um, his dog Angus. Oh, poor Angus! The best dog ever. What a sweet all a good everybody boy. in this movie. I was going to use a foul word. They're all dick bags. They're all assholes. They're all the dick bags. Angus. But I, I, my note was Sprocket is there to warn this kid about Fraggles, but he disregards him. <laughs> uh, I didn't know how accurate that was actually kind of going to be, like how they're kind of yeah. like little fucked up little but no, fraggles. you got it. Kind of got it, yeah. So I like how they just straight up fuck this kid's treehouse up. Uh, he finds a geode in the root and of the tree. And he's a fucking nerd. Yeah. Well, so that just gets him going. But like I was about to say, a geode in the tree, which would actually fucking rule because every kid loves geodes. And by every kid, I mean me as a child. I fucking love geodes. They're big hollow egg rocks with jewels with inside. crystals in them. Yeah. yeah. How cool is that shit? Crystals were a big thing when we were young. Yeah. We meet, this is the first scene where we see uh, Terry, who is Glenn's friend, who is an interesting combination of like both the nerdy friend and the punk bad kid friend who gets the the hero into trouble. Yeah. He's like that weird kid that plays Warhammer 40k. Yeah. Definitely that He's got like the combed hair and the glasses to like kind of like classic nerd friend. But he always is wearing like metal yeah, or like battle shirts. Yeah. Yeah. Goth Millhouse. Yeah. <laughs> yes. He is absolutely Goth Millhouse. So while they're digging in the hole, uh, Glenn actually gets like a, a big splinter in his hand and he pulls out, ah, and there's a little bit of blood. That's important. We'll get back to that later. So they're expect you know, they find an even larger uncracked geode. Uh, and that's why they're excited because we know how much the big geodes sell for. Yeah. You can get like a hundred bucks. Yeah. And they find the even bigger one and they're like, shit, we're going to be rich. Yep. This Terry's like, I'm going to buy 8,000 different fucking heavy metal albums. And I'm going to buy Dio's entire catalog. I'm going to buy Dio. I'm going to buy Dio. <laughs> I'm going to buy all of the advanced Dungeons and Dragons books and maps. And you then know? Glenn's just like, I'm going to get more model rockets. Yeah. Because he's a fucking dork. He, like, let's he, talk about Glenn. Glenn's a fucking dork. <laughs> he's like a fucking dork. His, I mean, his original jacket is what? Just NASA patches all yeah. over it. He's got his buddy who's like wearing, you know, battle vests. Yeah. And he's like, but hey, NASA and rockets Man, are pretty cool. Just wait until this kid gets a little older and gets to see October sky. Yeah man he's gonna be in love he's gonna love it yeah and even terry's just gonna smoke weed the entire time yep. you know which kind of like 
I think that kind of tracks with what happens. In I the can't game wait too. to watch the second one. Yeah. So we see uh, the first shot of Al, the sister, and at first she seems kind of like asshole older sister. Like Ugh. she goes in and out of asshole older sister a lot. Yeah. By the end, spoiler alert, she's redeemed. Like Al's got a heart of gold. But when I first saw her, I just noticed she's wearing some kind of sport t-shirt jersey thing with an 88 on the front, and I was like, uh oh, sorry, I really feel bad and hate the fact that online Nazis have broken my brain, and I could only see one thing when I saw that. So anyway. She fucks off to the Hitler Youth meeting or whatever. Now that was a, that was a uh, a blue and gray shirt. Mm-hmm. And number eighty eight. I don't know if it was in eighty seven. Uh, played for America's team was Michael Irvin for the Dallas Cowboys. Well, there we go. So it could have been Dallas Cowboys colors. Yeah, it looked kind of like Dallas. I Cowboys. know this is a Canadian movie. Yeah, and Dallas is America's team. But also this, being from Houston, it's fuck Dallas. Kind of green. It could be Dallas. Yeah. yeah, they don't tell us it's in Canada. That's true. You know, it's also, just anywhere. I have no North problem America. pissing off all Dallas people. Oh yeah, no, that's that absolutely. Is a given. Yeah, it's a fucking city full of. Hey Dallas, devices. I'm bringing it back. Drink my blood. <laughs> So now we also see uh, as as Al is leaving, she goes and joins her friends uh, in their little like some dick bad guys like hot rod car, and she's oh, like geez. hops in the back like let's go to school or whatever the fuck it is. They're, they're probably doing. going to the mall. Oh to, yeah, they're the Robin mall. Sparkles the shit out of this. I don't know if you knew Robin. Sparkles oh, let's is. go to the mall. Let's go to the mall. That's yes, hell yeah, that <laughs> rolls. So we, we get a little shot of uh, of uh, Angus Terry. sitting by the uh, by the hole where the tree used to be, uh, and a, a thing that's important to note is even kind of right away the hole's a little too deep for a tree to be there, and when uh, Terry and Glenn are looking in it deeper, like the hole the bottom kind of falls out of it. Yeah, and it's a real every it's a time chasm. we see the hole, basically it's deeper. It's deeper and deeper. So uh, you know. As they're kind of talking, Terry just decides to capture some fucking moths and kill them. Yeah, because, you know, he will be a serial killer. Yeah, he will be a serial killer. Uh, and it's funny. So Glenn says, at, he goes, hey, poke some holes in that thing or they're going to die. And Terry's basically like, I don't give a shit. He's like, nah. And Glenn says, like, that's very cruel. I'll come back to that in a little bit. So then we see dad. That is literally what he's yep. credited as. Glenn's dad. He walks back, sees the hole. And just decides to blame his fucking kid for it. Based on nothing, even though there was a whole ass construction team. Yeah, tearing out a tree. Yeah, which could leave a hole. He goes out, he calls for Glenn, and he comes in. They tell, he and the mom, he and mom, called mom, tell Al and Glenn they're going to be going out of town for the next few days. Al's going to be watching after Glenn, but he makes sure to ground Glenn before dinner's over. And this dinner, this is how you do know it's Canada. They have the H.P. Brown sauce. They do the have H.P. Brown sauce now, on the table. One thing I wanted to point out that is just hilarious to me. When they're in the backyard and the dad sees the hole, mm-hmm. right before the dirt falls, you see like an arm underneath the dirt just kind of move a little bit to make the dirt shift. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, I-, I love HD. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's great. Like you oh, really so get good. warts and all, baby. Yep. Uh, one funny thing is that... Um, so, like you talked about Glenn's obsession with space and the model rockets. Yeah. And he, he shows that on the house, there's a big burn mark where he apparently shot a model rocket into the side of the home. So, dad won't let him do it anymore without supervision. And Terry goes, I can supervise. Of course and that was actually the most sound kid logic. Like, I could absolutely be like, well, I could supervise. Yeah, because Terry does Semantics. look like he's maybe one year older than yeah. Glenn. Like, yeah, a little older, great ahead, you know, yeah. but they still hang out during the summer or whatever, you know. 
Maybe don't see each other at school that much, but, but you know they're probably yeah. in the same neighborhood, yeah. same street. Yeah, the same. I gotta assume they, they do ride their bikes back and forth. They're the only other family in that neighborhood, and we do see also. Speaking of dirt effects with the hand thing, I also love the weird blue screened dirt flying out of the hole. Like it's just a very. I'm like, you couldn't just get like a fucking blow, like a leaf blower you to just, just spray hire some dirt. To stand Mel Brooks in there. bought all the fans. Yeah. He brought, he bought them all. <laughs> This fucking eight years earlier. Hey, he was prepared. He's like, I got a big movie coming up. It's going to turn everything around. Oh, no. Uh, yeah. So um, they're staying alone for three whole days. Uh, they do kind of the parents at the lunch. This is where you kind of hear that Terry is a little bit of a bad influence on Glenn. They kind of do that. Uh, Glenn's mom gives the classic. Well, if Terry jumped off a bridge, would you? Glenn says, sure. Why not? And that kid is 100 fucking percent right. I never liked that thing because I'm like, if everyone's doing it, I assume it's safe. Like, why would they be doing it? Well, you think I'm going to jump before I see what happens to the person that jumped before me? You know, did he did he lose both of his legs in the fall? Then no, I'm not doing it. If it's like, oh, you know, what if they jumped off a bridge? Would you do it? I'm like, is there water underneath it? Yeah. Are they just swimming? Is the bridge and fine? like five to ten feet up? Yeah. Into water that's deep? Yeah. yeah that come on, mom fun. and dad. Use some goddamn logic. Yeah. Come on, guys. Let's you know. Come on. Yeah. I'm pissed off about the grounding. I think that's strange. So yeah, Terry's a little strange is the word the mom uses because it, Terry's mom had recently passed away, so he's kind of going through some shit. He's in a phase. Yeah, the dad is kind of re, uh, re, uh, reestablishing that as well as he talks to Glenn. Uh, and Glenn is having some issues here. Glenn's also having some fears. Glenn's a little bit of a crybaby. I he's think scared that's, of the dark. Scared of the dark. His dad's going to turn alive. He goes, hey, don't do that. But apparently he's acting a little, f- he's acting a little weird. Something's been on his mind lately. Yeah. He had the weird dream. Uh, but he does seem to be kind of a general scaredy pants a little bit. You know, I thought you were just about to say scaredy pants little bitch. No, I'm not going to insult a child like that, you know? Not yet. Who is this? Fucking Ella McGregor? <laughs> no. I'm waiting for it. Yeah. So now Glenn goes back to sleep. We notice that he kind of starts, you know, hearing some weird noises already. So, but is this in his head or is something going on? We don't know. He looks out the window and we notice that he actually has kept the death jar of mods. And I'm like, who's cruel now, you piece of shit? You could have, you, they're literally set by a window. Let them out. Poke a hole. Just like you wanted. Yeah, yeah. Harry's not here to hey, believe. There's still no food, though. But they're going to die. I mean, they're going to die, but at least, you know, let, let them starve out. to death. Let them out. You're right by they a window. They can eat on one another. They'll but we also soon find out why he would not let him out the window is because right next to his window is an enormous fucking now, bug zapper. I grew up, we had that ex- same exact bug zapper. The same size one? Yeah. Oh. Gigantic, glowing blue, that big frame around it. Yeah. It was entertainment back then. Yep. I mean, when a moth hit that thing, when I it moved fucking out, went off. I took that to Austin with me. No shit. Yeah, so me and Dan Rooney would be out on the on the balcony mm-hmm. just smoking. Yeah. And just pop, 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 pop. Yeah, and you get when you get a big fucking moth hit that oh, thing. Oh, you get the juicy ones. Yeah, it would be like shit. The best was in the summer when you get a wasp in it. Yeah. Ooh. Those things pop. Yeah, because they got the kind of harder, yep. harder outsides. It was, it was good. Yeah. So mom and dad leave, and one thing they do say, and I thought this would come to something later, is they say, hey, make sure to give Angus his medicine. Angus the dog is oh, very they old. they give Angus his medicine. <laughs> He's 97 in dog in years. In dog years, which it's seven years, so that dog is like 
20 something i think and they also pull the ultimate 80s move where uh-huh. they say and no parties and then they immediately hard cut to the party i was like that to me is a predictable trope but it pops me every oh, yeah. time and no parties party, party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and this party again all these are supposed to be 16 year old kids uh-huh now i do know al in, as an actress in this, she's actually only like 14 or 15 yeah, years old. Yeah, she's 15 when they made yeah. this movie. Okay. So age I assume maybe all these kids are close to the same age. Maybe not. But all of these kids are dressing like they're 28 years old yeah. partying in the 80s. Well, I mean, they're trying to be cool. Yeah. You know? They're, they're doing designer like drugs. Adults. Yeah. Listening to New Wave. They're smoking yeah. in the house and drinking. Yeah. Like, okay, I... You can have a party when your parents are. You probably don't smoke in the house now. Even not then, to say yeah. I didn't, but you probably shouldn't. Probably shouldn't. I mean, you're really you're risking it there. So, I did. Not so, a good at, look. at one point, Angus comes down and he's like trying to eat the chips, and what it looks like at first. So, Al leads him upstairs. But it what looks, it looks like is she just fucking scruffs this, like grabs his dog by the hair and just drags him. And I was like, oh, she is a Nazi. But we do see in the next uh, thing that he actually is. He's wearing a collar. So she's just leading him by the collar. And then so, little then less cruel than I actually thought into the boys was. room and they're the big geo. They're trying to crack the big geo. Mm-hmm. Terry's even being a dick, which is, dog. of course, so, an egg from hell. When Terry sees the dog, here is my note. Terry says, blow off, Angus. You stink. Yeah. Fuck Terry. Fuck Terry. He gets what he deserves. Look at that sweet... This And the dog, like... So then you think Glenn, the owner, will, like, comfort the dog. I mean, he does tell Terry, hey, man, be, you know, he's 97. He's old. But then he doesn't pet the dog. The dog just literally goes and fucks up in the corner and makes a sad sound. Yeah. Angus is so mistreated. I get, yeah, I talk a lot of shit. Yeah, there are no heroes the, in the this The following movie. No. morning, whenever... The way that everybody just goes along with their day, mm-hmm. I get real mad. Yeah. So here's what I have to say about this. They're trying to crack into this thing. Terry goes, hey, you can never crack into it. It's too hard. Steven mm-hmm. gives it a try. When they finally bust it open, I think is the funniest part, because I made a note, is they lean into the rock fart. This rock farts. It farts hard. And these guys <laughs> lean in to look close to get a big old way for that <laughs> rock too. hair's blowing back. Yeah. They're like, evil glow. Yeah. If stink. something, if I crack something open and, and it expelled anything, I'm yeah. backing, I'm back, I'm right, flinching. Yeah. I'm going, these guys go. No, Dorf just hey, like, this is like, in. this is pre-anthrax scare. Yeah. Like, they don't have those fears yet. They're just like, oh, cool, rock smoke. Yeah, this is when you were a kid, you would ride your bicycle and just follow behind the fucking uh, mo- mosquito, mosquito truck. truck, just spraying <laughs> the fucking DDT or For whatever. people who don't know, yeah. who don't have mosquito trucks in your neighborhood. Yeah, uh-huh. We come from the south, where uh, mosquitoes are awful. Yeah, if you and don't they're also live in swamp they're the, town. Yeah, they're the size of small birds. Uh huh. And we would have these trucks that would just go down. They're the like street. the size of dump trucks. Yeah, yeah. And they would just spray deep clouds. Yeah. yeah, it's deep. It's yeah, it's deep. Out of the back. Yeah, just to, and big it, clouds. Hey, hey, it helped. It helped it the mosquitoes. Helped. And let me be real with you, shit kind of smelled good too. It's not bad. I don't when I said you ride off. your bike behind that shit. That's me, brother. We use deep when we go hiking. Yeah. Yeah, you can spray it on your body. I mean, I yeah. think it is non-toxic to people. I don't know if you should inhale big fumes you of it. You should not ride behind the deep yeah. truck. You shouldn't do what I did, which is why I don't know what numbers shit. are anymore. But, you know, this, you know, it's... We were young, you know? It was we a different time. We didn't have the internet. We didn't yeah. have the internet. No this one was told back us when men's were men farts. and kids inhaled the poison. And kids died quick. <laughs> yeah. So, uh... 
they get they see the geo the geo's like sparkling it has inside. like three leds that go off yeah it farted as travis noted but they're otherwise it calms down it just looks like a normal geode except it carves fucking eldritch runes on this etch-a-sketch or yeah, like the a little sesame board. street magic slate mm-hmm. it's like a woolly willy yeah, it's like a Wooly Willy kind of This technology. is the one where it's like a piece of flimsy plastic right. over wax. Yeah. So when you press into the wax, it sticks to the plastic and that's your drawing. Then you yeah. erase it just by lifting the plastic You lift sheet. the plastic up, right. So now they've created like these runes that, of course, because they're kids and idiots, they make sure to read them phonetically, which, uh, you know, Angus knows this is a bad idea. Which but makes he's their like, backyard anus very angry. Yeah, it makes the hole in the backyard fart some more gas uh, and get a little bigger. Angus is like, this is fucked Angus up. Angus like, this fucking sucks. But this kid's an asshole, and I'm not going to warn him. Also, I'm a dog, and I can't speak. So, because he hasn't turned he's, into... He's not know. a mini dinosaur. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. What, what is this fucking dog? A dinosaur? Exactly. So now we cut down... And this party has turned into a fucking theater kid party. I thought these were the cool kids. Now it's the fucking nerds because they're doing fucking ghost stories. But these are like 25 fucking teenagers. It went from 1987 cocaine club at the Roxy. Yeah. To, yeah, campfire ghost stories. Yeah. And by the way, I do have to say... They have the fireplace going. They've lit candles. And it looks like they have fucking hot boxed the shit oh, yeah. out of this living room. You cannot see. <laughs> it's so fucking You have like smoky. a four foot visibility range yeah. in here. The parents are going to know immediately <laughs> what was going on when they get back. There is too much smoke here. So some little dipshit is, uh, is telling a story. And we meet Ewick, who's uh, the bow, you know, the wannabe bow of The biggest Al. asshole in the movie. Yeah. He's like a fucking useless prick. And I thought, I thought... He was going to get comeuppance, but he did not. No, I thought it set it up perfectly to be like, ah, well, now he goes off to fucking die. And, uh, you know, that doesn't happen. So you hate to see it. Uh, But so instead of just telling stories, they decide to get a little more, a little more freaky. And the thing is, this was something you do when you're like 10. They start playing light as a feather, stiff as a board. Well, yeah, we didn't have the ticky talk back then. Yeah, exactly. You just had to freak each other out. You had Bloody Mary. And you had light as a feather stiff at a board. We yeah. dabble in some black magic. Exactly. We deal with we deal with the occult. And we'd levitate a kid through a light sconce. Mm-hmm. And occasionally you'd have a Ouija board. Yeah. The light as a feather Ouija. stiff as a board. You'd watch yeah. the craft on VHS. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, we the thing the thing about that is we did that before the craft came out. Yeah. So it was like it was a well known kind of deal. It was just a thing that happened. So they try to do light as a feather stiff as a board with one of their friends, but because it's bullshit, it doesn't work and they can't lift them. So then uh Glenn, who's kind of like him and Terry are kind of scoping things out, they went to the kitchen to get some snacks and they're just watching the party. They're like, hey, you tiny boy, get over here. Uh, they literally, the, the thing was, it's a cinch. He's a midget. That's what they say about Glenn. Uh, adult Steven Dorf, by the way, is five foot eight. So this no doubt gave him a complex for the rest of his fucking life. So back then he was as tall as Emilio. Yes. Actually, okay. he was probably a little <laughs> bit taller. Um, so... They do lie as a feather stiff as a board on uh, on uh, Glenn, and at first it just looks like they're lifting him. You know, they're just obviously doing the whole thing. This is like six people; they can lift a they fucking can lift a small child. Yeah, and they're they're lifting him like he's it's a like it's a Jewish wedding or like it's a mitzvah. Like, oh, yeah, he's not you know, laying he's, down. Flat. He's not laying down flat. No, he's he's not stiff as a board. Position. He's in a chair position. Yeah, and they're just lifting him like Hava Nagila. Like that's gonna start. But then what starts happening is once they get to the top. He actually does start floating and really levitating. He had that fizzy lifting drink. So spooky shit, you know, it's going, it's going off. Yeah, he, exactly. He had the fizzy lifting drink. But then he's like, 
gets into a chandelier, fucking hits a hard right, floats along the ceiling, grabs onto like a sconce, rips it out of the fucking wall, falls down. He immediately starts crying. He's so ashamed of himself. And look, kid, that was me. I was a kid who, if I was embarrassed, it's fucking over. My face turns beet red. I'm crying. I'm like, out of there. You're hauling ass out of there. Hauling ass. Never look at me again. But it's funny, because at this point, and I thought it was like a one-off deal, someone goes like, it's just an illusion. And I'm like, motherfucker, he floated (laughs) halfway across this enormous living room. That's actually Eric the next morning, who goes, no, it's just an illusion. He says it here, too. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so I thought it was a one-off, where I'm like, oh, that's just one of the dumbass friends being like, Oh, this is a solution. Well, so but then it was they Eric. have the same logic as a uh, prehistoria three, where they're like, "Oh, magic dinosaurs Pfft, every day." So yeah, no, no big, no deal. big deal happens all the time. Just an illusion. Uh, tricks are what whores do for money. So that's a it's an that's arrested, arrested development, development reference. So uh, yeah, um, illusions, Michael. Illusions. So we get it. You know, at the end, I will say, you know, Al, Al, the sister, kind of. Um, you know, she does go check on Glenn. So there is kind of a little bit of concern there. She this leaves is her dipping the party. back in. She's dipping back in. Yeah. yeah. She'll, she'll, she'll go back again, you know, but she uh, has a sine wave of caring that's going on here. Yeah. So they're like, Hey, you know what? They, they both Al and Terry give embarrassing stories. They're like, Hey, it's not so bad. Like real friend stuff. You know, it's like, I think Terry says he puked on someone. Uh, Al does some other embarrassing. I was like story. this one time at a party. My little brother cried and ran <laughs> off. And it was the most embarrassing thing in my life, but I got over it. Yeah. So we get, we cut to, to Al in her room and she just is in her PJs and just starts kind of like checking herself out in the mirror. And look, I, this is a perfectly lovely little, you know, young woman. Uh, but what is this? What was the point of that? Is it like, oh, I'll never get the dipshit Eric guy. What was that about? And then we see Terry walk, and I guess he's going to the bathroom. I thought a good gag would have been, then Terry is making the exact pose, checking himself <laughs> out in the mirror. <laughs> like, that'd be a good, vi- oh, nah, be a good Terry, visual Terry's gag. got a tinkle. Work, Terry. Nah, he just had to pee. But now we start to get the first, and we do get, by the way, it is very purposeful. We get a shot as he exits the bathroom to go to bed. We do see Angus is asleep in the hallway. Yes. Okay. So then Terry goes to bed, or he, now he goes to tinkle. Uh, Glenn is laying in bed and we start to see all the moths that are out. These are not the that dead is moths. still murder, trying to murder. He thinks yeah, these yeah. are the moths that are on the window. Yeah. Casting perfect shadows into his room. Like he's got the spookiest setup with this zapper. Like the moon is right outside of his window. I mean, that's kind of what those things, they're bright enough that it kind of is like moonlight. They're very bright. Yeah. So the, the ones in the jar have been long dead. These are their brethren coming for revenge. <laughs> Like, they're just all slapping up against the wind. These window. are their kin. Like, we're coming to get your little ass, motherfucker. Uh, but, you know, Glenn is embarrassed, and he's already had a couple of bad nights, so he goes, and he tries to shut the, the blinds, you know, to the, to the window. That'll show him. Yeah. And uh, he's just looking at... He's obviously scared of the dark. He's looking at shadows. They're zooming in on him and, you know, feeling bad. So Terry exits. He took a long piss. We still see that Angus is in the hallway. This is important, because at this point... He looks down into the, uh, the foyer of, of Glenn and Al's house. The door swings open and we see a woman clad in white standing on the front porch with, you know, wispy fog coming in. Now, if you ever find yourself in an 80s movie and you see a woman in a flowy white gown with smoke behind her, just run. It's never going to turn it's out well It's never good. No. Nope. 
So especially if she happens to already have been dead. Yeah. Which at first, I mean, we instantly know what this is, yeah. but Terry just kind of stares longingly and we have this kind of overdubbed voice. The woman is holding out her arms. She's not speaking with her mouth. You know, we're hearing like ethereal or, you know, mental, you know, kind of ESP type stuff. She's like, come to me, Terry. I love you. I need you. <laughs> I oh, love baby. you. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. And so he comes down. He finally goes, mom. And we're like, okay, just making sure. He's so happy. His mom, who died a year ago, is just waiting in spooky light, and he embraces her in a hug. We cut back to Glenn, and we get what is the first oh, great effect of the movie. I love latex wall effects. We have a latex wall effect. I guess they have like a little cream. It's probably just a big wadded up ball of aluminum foil. Yep. <laughs> and they're just rolling it against the latex wall. So it looks like weird shit's just moving inside Why the wall. Why don't they bring practical effects back in a stronger way? I mean. They always look so good. It looks. And, and again, kind of like you said with the dirt thing. Like not all of them are going to work. You can see the hand yeah. moving the dirt. But stuff like this. Still looks fucking great. And even with the hand, you can kind of tell moving the dirt. It still looks better than an old blue screen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But this is like, I mean, they're just moving, like, you know, because it's actual. The posters are moving. You know what that looks like in the wall? This is a horrible reference because no one will get it. Do you remember Floam? Yes. It looks like Floam. It looks like Floam. Because it looks like confetti just in yeah. slime pushed and, against yeah, the wall. Yeah, like kind of those weird little pop balls yeah. or whatever. Yeah, like kind of crispy feeling or whatever. A weird texture. Yeah, Floam was an odd Flome. one. I liked Floam. I was a Gak Man. You're a ga- I'm a Gak Man. I'm a Gak Man. My a dad was a Gak Man. man. <laughs> I'm a Gak Man. <laughs> no, I don't want Floam. I'm a Dapper Dan Man. <laughs> Sorry. So Terry oh, con- brother. continues embracing... Uh, yeah, Terry Balea. <laughs> Did we mention that this, is, this child is played by... Full grown Hulk Hogan. Sorry. <laughs> Listen here, Glenn, brother, dude. <laughs> Listen here, Glenn, dude, Jack. I'm about to run wild on this whole dude. Bad juju, brother. Um, so... Oh, God. Beefcake's gonna be in this, then. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta do with Brother Brudeye. Uh, we pan away... Or, I guess, you know, we get the... It's like the, the Shining reveal, right? Like, yeah. with the... We with pan, the, you know, the woman the in Huggins, the Huggins, we get the kind of the over-the-shoulder shot where we can see they have now become what they actually are. And when we get the reveal, the reveal of the mom is Angus, but he's dead. So this freaked me out so much as a kid. It's it's very disturbing. And then Terry does the shittiest thing. <laughs> just chucks the fucking sack dog. Sack of shits that dog's corpse just on the ground. Which, like to be this. fair, if you think you're hugging your mom and it's a dead dog, yeah. I'm not going to gently put it down. But you don't know it's dead. It could just be Angus. Oh, I mean, oh, I that dog asleep. is dead as hell. Well, yeah, but, but it's Terry, hard to tell. Angus Terry already also stung. thought he was hugging a ghost. So. Yeah, true. Well, yeah, I mean... Then you set it down. So, okay... Here's my question, and we'll get to the Angus stuff. There's more Angus stuff to come, but Angus was upstairs, so, but he's very dead through the movie, right, after yeah. this point. So did Terry kill him by, like, did he choke the dog? I assume he was already dead upstairs because he wasn't moving. right. So then it was just the entity like brought it into. That's what I assume. Okay. Cause I was like, oh, is it a thing where it's like. With this movie, Terry I just tried not the to dog question it. Cause he's grip, you know, he's hugging his mom so tight. I'm like, oh, is he like choking this old dog? Oh, he already graduated from the moths to pets. I mean, well, at least in this one, he's not purposefully doing it. Oh, okay. Not yet. So we get the shot, you know, Al and Glenn come out. They see Terry and Terry does seem genuinely fucked up about the dead dog. 
I assume he, even if, you know, old Angus stank, this was his best friend's dog, you know? One of probably fucked up. That yeah, it's they like, all oh, did felt I kill this? sorry about it for about twenty minutes. Yeah, we see. Yeah, we cut to the next day. He's like, and I'm it's sorry, like, your dog died. Here's your old ass dog's dead, loser. You know, and it's like, oh fuck, okay. And then he goes, yeah, he was ninety seven. He was probably gonna die anyway. Yeah, Stephen Dorsey never owned a fucking dog. Yeah, okay. What horrible ass acting is that? I look as uh, growing up, I didn't really have pets. Uh, we tried a couple, but. One of my parents was just not a big fan of pets, so we would, they would always kind of go find another home somewhere. Uh, so I cannot relate to being a child and having a pet die. I assume it's very it horrible. Horrible. I have two dogs right now. I'm taking a week off yeah. if one of them dies. Yeah, oh, I yeah, have definitely. a cat. And if anybody tries to speak to me, I'll kick you in the teeth. Yeah. Like, I have a cat that I've raised from a kitten... And he does fucking nothing all day. And I would As jump in be. front of a bullet for that fucking yep. thing. Yep. And when he dies, I'm going to be a wreck. So, and the thing here, too, to add is that Stephen Dorff, you know, Glenn is a young enough character that if this dog is as old as he says it is, he's probably always known that dog his yeah, entire life. He would life. be wrecked right now. Yeah. This is like a parent dying. I remember when my dogs ran away when I was a kid. Yeah. It was horrible. Yeah. And he's just like, that's ah, fucked. He was old anyway. Fuck that dog. And they just go about it. That's the quickest recovery I've seen. This kid went through all stages of grief in about 15 seconds. Did you see that back patch, though? The killer dwarfs back Killer dwarfs. Yeah. And the so he's like, oh, all right. Well, you want to come over and mess around later? That's what Glenn says yep. to Terry. And I have, uh, that was my go-to dating line in my 20s. <laughs> hey. <laughs> so um, Terry goes home. We get uh, the brief shot of Terry's home life. Now, we know his mom passed away. He immediately sees a He note. immediately sees that his dad cannot spell business. He cannot <laughs> spell business. How did he actually spell it? But. Bussiness. Bussiness. Oh, I'm away on bussiness. Uh oh. Oh, shit. Okay, well, maybe we know what the dad's actually up to. So, two S's in the beginning of business. B U S S I N E S. Gone on bussiness back later. Bussy. On that so bussiness. His dad is clearly ham boned. He's just. His dad's oh, someone's getting in the, the ham bone. Oh, yeah. And he's now he is ham boned and he's getting his ham boned. boned. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but we, what we also see is that this house is mitch, missing the proverbial woman's touch. It's a fucking mess. So both, it looks like both Terry and Terry's dad are not taking it well. The house is a fucking pigsty. Open pizza boxes everywhere. Trash needs to be taken out. Like and Terry, Terry goes just, straight for the pizza. He just fucking chomps on some question mark old pizza that's just there lying is, open. There's a trash bag, not in a trash can. Mm-hmm. Just a trash bag laying open next to the pizza. Next to the pizza. Right. And, of course, the pizza box itself is open. I don't know about y'all, but if something's left open, I'm like, uh-uh. No, that's how cockroaches if- get there. So, we n- now, finally... Uh, Glenn is kind of grieving Angus again, and we know that because he's looking at his dog bowl. Probably like, all that wasted food. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I would eat that. I'd eat that kibble. So now we see Al, again, being kind of a, you know... A sister. Sister, you know, I mean, kind like, of comforting. Hey there, dipshit. Yeah. Hey doing? there, you little dumbass, you little dumb idiot. Sorry about our dog. So we have kind of a classic in this point, you know, uh, all the parents are gone. There's no... There are no parents to be had in this entire movie, which is kind of a classic child, you know, horror movie with kids involved. Like, there's always like, where the fuck are the parents? They're always just gone. Have y'all seen Skinnamarink? 
No. No, I have not yet. Uh, can't necessarily recommend it, but that's like the ultimate. The I've just heard a ton of mixed reviews on that one. That's the most mixed-ass movie yeah, I could ever people see. People are like, it's terrifying. Or like, it's the most fucking boring movie ever. It is. V- you know what? We'll do that later. Let's get through You're this. You're just like, yes. 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 I mean, and also, yes. So now the uh, uh, Al's dipshit friends are back. Oh, her and friends are the worst. Al immediately goes back to hateful teenage sister mode. Oh, yeah. Because Glenn's going to call the mom and dad because he's like lonely and misses him. And his fucking dog just died and al just clicks the phone al like, wants a no. boyfriend she wants a boyfriend that's all she can Al's trying to get that air d yeah trying to get that air what's up with that something about mary here i uh, that's right absolutely what i fucking put there's something about mary looking ass so Damn it. we're God, all in agreement punch. she just took jism straight to the bangs yeah oh yeah that's absolutely the that whole that whole thing we cut to terry with no dad home, he is rocking the fuck out. It's just like this kind of thrash music, but then all of a sudden, he tosses on his fucking his bed rainbow sheet, blankie. His rainbow blankie, and starts basically reciting the open to like a Tolkien ripoff, where it's like, when the Goblin Kings ruled the land. And I'm like, anyway, man, like, you want to join my D&D game, dude? Terry, you look pretty cool, man. Uh, oh, and this be goes that guy on. in your game that allows no fun. Huh? Terry will be the guy in your game who lets no fun. Oh, in. yeah. He's a grognard. He's like a real old, like, like rules base. Like, this is just loot, killing. I don't want any humor. Yeah, no metagaming. Yeah, this is very serious. No having fun with your character. Yeah, no. So, we learn about the, the group Sacrifix. Sacrifice. But it's YX. So sacrifice. But it's actually based off a real Toronto band, Sacrifice. Really? Yes. Did they have the YX in their name? Uh, yeah, so uh, somebody, I don't know if it was the director who actually saw an album of the band. Uh-huh. Um, it is a Toronto metal band. Okay. And they had nothing to do with it other than they stole their name and the way they actually spelled it in, like, the logo. Like, yeah. They just lifted. They're like, oh, they write their name cool and stole it and put it on this thing. Well, great artists steal, you know? So, wait, this isn't their music, though? This is not their music, no. Oh, that's a bummer. I wonder who made the music. Because I think I remember seeing that uh, that uh, the director uh, actually was involved in, like, either he was a musician or uh, he did maybe was around the Toronto music scene. Speaking of Toronto music scene, the guy who plays Terry, um, uh, whose name I'm not going to scroll out. Something uh, three Trip. Pages. Trip. Yeah, Tripipa. Yeah, when they're like Louis. Louis Trip. Louis Trippy. So he was, he reprised his role as Terry in the sequel and then basically did nothing until I think some uh, Australian electronic music guy did a video based kind of on the gate and then he reprised it in that. But so now Terry is apparently a musician himself. He does like electronic music, I think. And he looks like I do. Like he's just a bald white guy with a red beard. Uh, and I was very shocked that that's what that guy looks like now. But, you know, he's doing well, apparently. Which well, is good, good for him. Yeah. yeah I like his work. I, yeah. He does great shit here. So, uh, you know, this is a classic. This is really kind of in the satanic panic era where, you know, especially like if you play the record backwards, it tells you. But in this, it's kind of a nice subversion. So the songs themselves of sacrifice tell you how to summon the demons and it's what the dark book or whatever it's called yeah which is like i think they call it as like it's like the bible for demons or something like that and their actual songs tell you legitimately how to summon demons 
But if you play it backwards, it actually tells you how to get rid of the demons. Banish them, Biagi. Which I be gone. Which I thought was like be a gone. that's useful. That's a solid. You know. Yeah. Good of sac- Good on sacrifice. Good guys. Well, they're Those probably like, guys. oh, someone might actually do this. So yeah, so we, we cut back after that. Uh, all of Al's dipshit friends are basically Suck. teasing. They're the worst. Yeah, they're teasing Glenn. Um, they're trying to go to the beach, and they're all acting like an asshole because Glenn's like, "Why? Like, no, like you should stay here." And then finally, they start to uh, they start to pick on Glenn, and Al at least goes, "Hey man, be cool. His dog just died." Like for the first time. She's like, oh, hey, remember our household pet that y'all, I'm sure, are familiar with? It died last night, mysteriously. So, so yeah, they're, maybe they're be nice not acknowledge, uh, acknowledging the dead dog. And also, it, they bring up the magic again. Mm-hmm. It's an illusion. Yeah, we get that. It's and an then illusion. I floated across the living room, you dick. <laughs> and then the, the something about Mary hair girl says, Tress uncool. Oh, and geez. it's like, it's Trey uncool. Like, tress isn't a word. It's French, you idiot. And you're in Canada, in Toronto, which neighbors fucking Quebec. Like, you should know better. Just saying. All right. We get uh, an F-slur dropped out of nowhere. Glenn drops it on By Glenn. By this child. By the child. And he just does it in the most little kid way. But he, like, looks back over his shoulder, just Boom, drops it hard and, and then, then hauls, hauls ass. ass. <laughs> yep. He knew what he did. He knew it was wrong and he got the fuck out of there. So they're like, come on, we got to go to the beach. And Al's just like, I have got to let this guy touch my boob. So she's just the one. She seems to be like, she's abandoning Glenn, you know? She kind of looks back forlornly at the house. Glenn's watching her leave and she's like, I just gotta get it you know she's just the hormones are raging she is so, making eric run an errand yeah before he can get a piece that is true of she is asking him to do something we find out shortly what that is and look man crazy this guy crazy <laughs> this guy must want Jesus. it too you know what i mean because it's some heavy shit that she has him do so we cut back to glenn and we know he is also still sad about angus because he's petting a picture of angus in a photo book glenn's the only one who cares that that dog died yeah and he only cares sometimes yeah, yeah he, not he's not even 100 he's inconsistent man. with his caring yeah. So he puts uh he's kind of looking around and basically things are starting to kind of get weird again. But before that happens, he opens up uh an old uh birthday present that he had under his Yeah, bed. this is like the most Homer Simpson ass present ever. Mm-hmm. He loves model rockets, so he got his sister a model rocket that he could launch with her. Right. Yeah. No, he got her the launch, the sure launch. Mm-hmm. Oh. He got her the igniter, so basically, he so got her not to use matches. An accessory for his rockets. Yes, but Because he has all, to have supervision. All his rockets, she they were originally her rockets. That's mm-hmm. why she was throwing oh, them out. She's true. like, they've been in my room for three months, and you, have, you haven't touched them. So yeah. she was a dork also, too. Yes. So it, we, we are seeing a post-dork Al, you know. And I think, does she go like Alexander? Does she correct she, it? The very first time he yeah. calls her Al, she goes... Alexandra. So, you know, she's growing up. She's becoming a teen. So it's kind of that thing where obviously she was a dorky littler sister, you know, big sister to him, but kind of got him into the dorky thing she was into. So uh, anyway, as he's looking over this now, Glenn is completely alone in the house. Terry's off at his house. 
doing wizard shit or whatever. And Glenn goes down and we start to kind of get more weird stuff happening around the house. We get like the light in the kitchen is kind of swaying back and forth. The back door is open. We're kind of getting like, this is the dream, right? Yeah. Like, the dream's kind of happening again. It's having a real dream feel again. Yeah. He goes out and uh, the, the bug zapper is kind of just short circuiting. So he unplugs it. So now, you know, now there's a moth like sitting in the tree, like, got him. Like, no, tonight we ride, you know? So he, they'll get their revenge. He goes out, he looks at the hole, he notices, I guess, finally for the first time that it is now smoking. Like, it is full on. Never a good sign when your on, sinkhole is smoking. Yeah, dry ice in a pool. Oh, yeah. That kind of gimmick going at the bottom of that thing. So he goes back in, the vibes are just all off on the house. He opens the door. He thinks something's wrong. And hey, it's Terry. So he's going to go show Terry the hole in the deal. Um, Terry, in what in any other movie would probably be the thing, the kid just being a nerd and being wrong about things, 100% is correct at every step of this movie. He's like, yeah, you got demons and here's what happened. Like we summon them because you drop blood. This is a demon egg. I've got all this, you know, devil shit in my house because my parents, one of them's dead and the other one doesn't love me. And is off on bussiness. I mean, I love this whole part just because of the lines. Yeah. I think I know what this means. You know, with the levitation and all that other weird stuff, you got demons. You got demons. <laughs> you got demons. So you, you know got how demons is so good. Uh-huh. Any old horror movie, uh, the thought like is always... Like termites. Yeah, you got demons. If you have cell phones, the movie's over instantly. Right. Right. Okay, so here's the problem with this movie. If you have cell phones and you call the police or you call your parents, they come home. Now there's demons out. Apparently, alert the National Guard. The army right. comes in. There's demons everywhere. Yeah, the Vatican. What they don't have is some scrawny little punk kid who happens to be the demon expert. And all you needed was Terry all along. All you needed. That was so it. if you call and you get the adults involved, well, then it fucks everything up. And hell on earth actually continues to exist to this day. Yeah. And then because we're in. You know, we're in, we're in Free Jack. Oh shit. Oh that's, no. That's that's the that's the alternate timeline. Then we can't drink the water. Right. Because it's de- it's got demons in it. Got demons in it. It's you got, got demons. You got demons. So oh, they you uh, got demons. The, the, this is also very good kid logic. Where they're like, "Fuck this huge hole in the ground." What do we do? They just like throw a fucking slat of wood over it, <laughs> like a yep, little fucking pallet. Yeah. yeah, fuck it. We'll deal with it tomorrow. So we now find out on um, the the. The errand that Eric was sent off to do was to transport Angus's corpse to be disposed of at animal control. How loving for the yeah. pet. Well, I mean, and so he he's he does this. He looks over. I guess they're closed. Animal controls closed because a city. You know, that's a city utility kind of deal. Like this ain't like it's the fucking shelter. This is like they got to do that shit. They got to pick up roadkill like every day of the week. You know what I mean? Uh what if you got like a bear? It's Toronto. There's black bears up there, right? I think. I don't know. Are there black bears? There's probably bears. There's yeah, bears. We'll go with bears. So um, anyway, cool guy Eric was going to drop off Angus's corpse, but it's closed. They cuts over and Angus's dead dog face is like literally kind of like looking at him like, this is what you were going to do to me, you know? So he's like, well, fuck it. Uh, he just drives back. This is where we get the line. The dark book is the Bible for demons, which is just fucking awesome. Just I also love they just sell the Necronomicon, but like the actual one. Yeah, the actual demon summoning one. Right. Like if, if it were real and you could just go buy it and like summon. He's like, demons. oh, I went back, I went down to B. Dalton's and yeah. got this. Yeah. Yeah. It was just at the fucking Barnes and Noble, you know. Yeah. Next I was to at Walden whatever. Books next to the pretzel place. <laughs> Actually, you got it. At, uh, what, what's the one that's in every fucking airport? 
oh geez what is that called you know what i'm talking oh, about hudson yeah. news yeah hudson news i got it at the hudson news if you he's know? in canada if we have any canadian listeners he got it canadian tire that's where he got it okay that is their be all catch all of everything is the canadian tire canadian tire yes okay cool i have been to toronto lovely fucking city love toronto. i've never been to canada i've i only went recently uh but went there uh to actually just kind of go somewhere it's like a little vacation kind of deal i had a friend who got married in rochester and so we just kind of drove you know upstate new york we just basically went and saw niagara falls drove over the canadian border stayed a couple days in toronto lovely fucking place real cool city yeah it's kind of like i kind of got like an austin vibe from it except it was like less douchey (laughs) i don't know but it's kind of got you know how austin has a lot of greenery like there's some really cool yeah there's some highway system around toronto like has some really pretty greenery and stuff that's my favorite thing living there was my drive to work yeah because i had to drive all through the hills to get there so kind of a similar vibe i think you know but uh but yeah toronto lovely stuff lovely lovely people too uh the The toronto Leafs fans can get fucked okay Good to know. So minus, minus them. I want to say, I want to give a shout out to the guy at the nice weed store that I went to. Because I was like, hey, it's legal here. I had never been somewhere fully legal. We could just walk in the shop and... Have you ever, have you ever been to like a... Well, I don't know, Joe, probably not, but... Because like, I'm a fucking square. Yeah, because you're a nerd. Like, you know, normal dispensaries in America, they're like fucking... It's always a process. They're like locked down like Fort Knox. Like you gotta like... Very weird. Yeah, in Colorado yeah. I've been. Yeah, so... Oh, yeah. In this one, it was like... Literally just walked those. in the shop and it was like a guy and his mom was hanging out there and he was like the nicest dude and it's just like, you just buy it and go. Like, it's not like a weird like, gotta see your ID and all that stuff. They're like, no, cool. Just here you go. Pay. And here you go. Okay, enjoy bye. your weeds. Yeah, enjoy your weed. Uh, have a good time. Yeah. Have fun with your pots. Yeah. All good here, right? Yeah, and then I figured out, I found out really quick, though, that I I don't think I've ever liked weed. (laughs) So we see, uh, we cut back to, now because the SPCA or whatever was closed, animal control, fucking Eric's just lugging, shit-sacking this dog around. Shit-sacking the corpse of Angus, hitting his head against the fucking, like, door frame or whatever. He's like, this fucking dog. Uh, Glenn and Terry are talking about uh, the demon book. Terry's just info dumping about sacrifice and who they were. We cut to a picture of the band and it's uh I don't know if we've already passed it as we're kind of playing it now, but they kind of show them and they're like they're doing the Liza Feather Stiff as a board thing. And the band like is just the nerdiest. It had to have been some of the crew just like try to look like a metal band. They're like, like look, look like a hair metal band. It it fucking ruled and apparently the whole band died in a plane crash. Right after which, they made the first album. Yeah. Yep. So they only have that one record, you know. Uh, it fucking ruled. So the whole deal is this only can happen, this this kind of summoning these demons when the planets are aligned. And Terry just happens to know that kind of thing's like going on right now, you know, because I guess he would also be big into astronomy or something. So we cut to Eric. What we figure out that Eric did was he just what went and buried. Piece of shit. Just went and buried. Well, I mean, in a way, he buried the dog in the dog, you know, in the family's backyard. Which is like not the worst thing, but also this is just a pit, so it's more like he just yeah hucked he just the, hucked the dog into the in, smoking into the hole, sinkhole, which was covered, and then just recovered it. So they'll probably blame it on the kids. Yep. But he gets back in the car and he has dirt on his hands. He's kind of like trying to wipe the dirt off, and he's not really doing it. And I was like, "Oh, Eric's gonna go fuck off and die somewhere." Like I thought the demons were gonna come after his ass. Oh, I wish. Wait, we're not that lucky. Spoiler alert: uh, Eric lives, and it's fucking dumb. So, 
Terry's in the back. He's like trying to do a banishment ritual on the demons. He's like reading out of the, uh, I guess he transcribed the lyrics of the backwards fucking record or whatever. And they're like, Oh, it didn't work. You got to do it again. Uh, but as he's kind of reading it, Al gets home and she's like, what are you fucking nerd faces up to? And Terry just info dumps like, so we summon demon. Like he just breaks it all down. He's like, so Glenn's fucking, he pricked his finger in this hole that contained a demon egg. Uh, and that cracked it open. And then the dog died. That's a sacrifice. You got fucking demons. Uh, and Al's just like, okay, she basically is not even like really fucking paying attention to this because she's just trying to be a good sister. Yeah. She's got a little bag in her hand. And Eric was like, I thought you were going to the mall today. And she's like, I did because I had to pick up something. Oh no, I thought you were going to the beach. No, we went to the mall. I had to pick you up one thing, you know, one special thing. It's a new model rocket. Of course it is. Good but sister. apparently, at least, Good the sister. ritual worked, because when they lifted up the boards, at least at first, mm-hmm. the ground was sealed. It was sealed, right. But, but they didn't do it completely. No. So the gate started unlatching itself. Yeah. Al, Al the sister, you know, is, uh, is great. Um, I think uh, that Al says, uh, no, wait, it's a little later that we get to it. We get a, we get a one-two punch of... Uh, of, of unappro- inappropriate, uh, problematic language. So they shoot the thing off. This marks like the halfway point of the, uh, of the movie. They shoot the rocket off. It goes in the air. The shot is like 50 fucking seconds. And then it's a slow fade to black. And I looked and I was like, this is like literally the halfway point of the runtime. So we get a nice you know, commercial here. We've crested now. Yeah. Now it's time to, we're, ta- we're ready. To oh, go. it's time to go. Baby, it's, baby, it, we're ready to go. So we cut back. The three, our main trio, are kind of sitting, snacking, playing cards at the house at night. And wouldn't you know it, it's the fucking dipshit friends, all back and ready to dipshit it up. Just the girls this time, just the asshole sisters. So right away, one of them uh, looks to uh, t- uh, looks to Glenn and says, "Don't get all R-worded." <laughs> um, and then they're like, "What are you guys doing?" And one of the other dipshit sisters say. Uh, she drops the, the F slur as a verb. As an active verb, like effing off, but not what you think effing off. So never had heard that one before. No. All new uses of uh, problematic language. So the girls are doing fucking facials. And that's and, what you should you know. expect from Gen X. Yeah. And then they go back and forth for a while. So, why don't you suck my nose till my head caves in? That was actually a great one. <laughs> they kind of do, yeah. Like, what would become the Sandlot bit where they just dog each other back and forth yeah. for a little bit? Yeah. So it's kind of almost like they're assholes, but there's kind of like a fun little back and forth. It's how yeah. they banter. Yeah. It's witty bants. You if know? that's his sister's friends, he's undoubtedly been putting up with these assholes for years. Yeah, that's true. Yep. So anyway, everyone's going to sleep. Um, the, the asshole sisters are there. And like hanging out with Al, but Al seems kind of like bored for some reason. Maybe she's thinking about Eric or something. And so, of course, you know, Terry and Glenn are looking more through the uh, the book of evil. Yeah, the, the dark book. The dark book. Uh, so we get our first. So it, everyone's going to sleep. We get a shot of a of a family photo in in the hallway. We'll come back to that later. And we see the first silhouette. Of uh, something non-human skulking about the house. But before we get to see what that is, we cut back to Glenn sleeping, and the fucking moths are back. The moths! The moths! They're back! They are just relentless. And they're ready. And this time, man, 
The moths are ready to go. I told you, when he unplugged that thing, they're like, now's the chance to strike. And strike they do. They fucking break open the window and it's just a moth attack on poor little Glenn. Poor little, he does get overpowered by the moths. He gets overpowered by the moths. Now, the good thing is moths don't, like, have teeth or stingers, you know, like... All they do is just kind of flutter. They flutter about. You know, they start off as, like, you know, cat... Like a centipede or whatever. Wormy things. Fuzzy, furry caterpillars, and they become moths. He's swatting them off. We have some great blue screen effects. Oh, it looks like straight horse shit. Garbage. Just terrible stuff. Uh, He goes. They would have done better with just fake moths on strings. Yeah, absolutely. Just fluttering them about. Yeah, absolutely. So at first, Glenn leaves and goes and wakes up Al to like kind of go, oh shit. You know, what's going on? And I was thinking, he's going to come back in. Everything's going to be fine. You know, the, the bedroom will be fine. No, not the case. Everything is fucked up. We had previously seen when Glenn was, this whole thing was going on, Terry was laying asleep uh, in the, the little, there's like a little bed, kind of a little cot, little cot bed. Yeah. So when they come back, they still see, you know, the, the form of Terry, or so they think, laying on the bed. They're trying to wake him up. We get the classic, Terry walks in from behind them. He's like, what are you guys doing? And they're like, what? And they pull back the fucking blanket. And it is hey, not poor just- sweet Angus. <laughs> again. Sitting there again, with his tongue no out, his eye out. Respect. Tybor. Doesn't fucking like dogs. Hates yeah. Angus. What the fuck did a shaggy little dog do to you to hurt you? Because not only is that, but he's also fucking smoking. <laughs> like this, the corpse of this dog is like emitting vapor. And now we're starting to go. Now we're going. Out of nowhere, just big fucking Hulk hands big, start reaching. Wet, slimy looking hands. Yeah. Come under out from bed. under the bed. The monster under the bed is here. It's real. And it's going after and it's uh, some the kids. Al. Yeah. It's getting after Al. They managed to pull her away. Um, and uh, the kids manage to escape. So they, the dipshit sisters come out. They all start to run down. They're going to escape. They open the front door. And what do you know? It's, it's Glenn and Al's parents. Except, uh-oh, dad starts You've immediately choking. bad. <laughs> he, starts, he says that line, and we get the distorted voice. Yep. Starts grabbing and choking Glenn. Glenn, in resisting, reaches up, grabs his father's face, and we get fucking awesome first practical like oh, so he just gore gouges his dad's eyes yeah. and the result of that his dad's face just pours out uh, of his face yeah it's like milk <laughs> comes out like, freaky his milk comes, comes out to dad's soup yeah and then that happens we cut back and it is horrifying it is just an empty ripped up hole of a face glenn's hands are covered in goop dad the mom chowder. is cackling the dad's head then falls off and is just rotten egg on the fucking concrete and when i saw this not knowing this movie i jumped out of my seat and i said let's fucking go (laughs) as a kid that was the scariest scene ever that's that would have fucked me up oh yeah was so good i would have been fucked up by that about until like 21 like i would have just been like can't deal with that can't touch dad's face yeah can't touch dad's face so uh but then when they look back outside they're gone so whatever this is, is like fucking with all the kids. And so the thing is about this movie is now it's just a fucking race to the end. It's we're about halfway done, maybe like a little over halfway. And, and look, man, nonstop. the rest of it is just fucking wild. It's just crazy fucking shit. So as we go into the backyard, we look to the pit. Uh, it has reopened and we eventually get our first appearance of this group of 
uh, big demon goofs or BDGs for short. Uh, they appear and start terrorizing the house. Uh, they look they look really good close uh, or kind of like in the first shot. Then close up, they look kind of bad. There's a very optimal distance. Fun fact about them. Mm-hmm. It's all forced perspective. They all, all of it. Yeah, they are Large men in rubber suits. Large men in rubber suits. Even the backyard shot? That's blue, that's blue screen. No, backyard shot, forced perspective. Everything Bedroom except shot, for... forced perspective. Except wow. for when uh, Terry is stomping on the one. Okay. Uh, that... With, it just wiggles. I can't wait to that. Okay. So we get... Okay. So they, now they're like, finally, we're going to try to call mom or the police or whatever. We get the... They, she looks at the phone. We hear the, you've been bad. That scared me so much. And the kid. fucking phone lights on fire. Like fire is coming out of the, the receiver or the speaker into the phone. And then the phone does this goopy melt Melting collapse, into itself. Like implosion. It's fucking awesome this is so good uh it like the fire melty phone they're like we got to go get the spell to take this away it's in the basement they're like who's gonna go so we get a whole like the whole group's slowly going down in a really cool point as they're going down we cut back to that family photo that i mentioned earlier but now in the photo everyone except glenn weirdly is dead and like blood's pouring out of their faces like mom dad and al All and they're dead. like what are you looking at and he goes don't worry about it and like moves on and i'm like oh glenn's starting to like getting a little hard you know glenn kind of getting cool so starting to rule a little bit he's getting a little tougher so they get out the dark book they're trying to find the uh the spells to go back spell the book lights on fire like out of a scene of fucking hereditary um i actually kind of thought i make another hereditary joke here in a bit but i kind of got it's nowhere near that fucked up. No. But I don't know. Some of the vibes I kind of got. Like it's the a very weirdness. Like, it's like an 80s hereditary. Just like the weird, again, like the dream kind of nightmarishness of it. Like the logic. And things that are way shockingly darker than you expect to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're dealing with levels here. Yeah. But yeah. But sure. Uh, well, knowing like, where this scaled, movie Scaled to a yes. late 80s. Yeah. And actually, yeah, knowing where it could have gone, maybe could have knowing been. Knowing where they wanted it to go, yeah. but then they were like, eh, let's keep it PG-13. We do get, as the, the, as the gang leaves the basement and goes back out in the backyard, one flip transition from scene to scene that does not happen in the rest of the movie. They just did this one, you know, like it just flips and the kids are walking outside. I just thought that was an interesting shot. Uh, the dipshit sisters run back in to go die or whatever. Um, so... They go, okay, what are we going to do? Because we don't have the magic book anymore. They're like, we'll use the Bible. And uh, the one funny thing was the dipshit sisters are looking through it at first. And they're like, we'll find something. Yeah, we went to Sunday school. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I definitely remember learning the parts of the Bible where you send demons back to hell. Well, yeah. Yeah. Now, the, the sinkhole is purple and awesome looking yeah. at this point. Bisexual lighting in the sinkhole. As it should be. Mm-hmm. Because that's the sinkhole that I want to party in. So now we're getting the effect. They do the reverse shot effect where the smoke is going back into the hole because they're reading the Bible at it. And that is making the demons angry. Bored. Oh. Or bored. Uh, that's also true. <laughs> what I do like about this is the idea that like any powerful words can work because they're like, these things are older than the Bible, yeah. but it's like, and they know. don't speak English. Yeah. But it's kind of like, oh, it's like there's power in any kind of magic words. So... Uh, all's going well until Terry decides to step close to the hole. They literally say, Terry, don't stand so close Please to the hole. Please don't do that, Terry. Yeah, and he's like, it's fine. I'm almost done anyway. And he is immediately 
falls like an asshole into the hole. We get a cool, like, the shot, the zoom shoot of him going down. And, buddy, this is Louis' fucking... This is the apex of his acting. His facials in this fucking scene where he's, like, dealing with the demons here uh, in the bottom of this as they start to bite him. And it's just, like, the close-ups of him being, like, he's just making the funniest fucking faces as these things are attacking him he tries to climb back up out of the the gate hole uh because the gate is a hole yeah you know yeah the, the hole yeah the gate the hole, is underground you right. just gotta you gotta go down and we don't know where the actual the gate. gate part is we yeah. do see it later because the big purple void that's yeah. spinning around. Yeah, right now we just have the sinkhole that leads to it. Somewhere. So now it's it's like some weird Gulliver's travel shit where the little demons are like just kind of bouncing Terry's leg around. He stomps on one, which I guess that is an actual tiny size little demon. Yeah, that's just a little puppet thing. Yeah, a little puppet, and he's just like, wiggling. And like, it just flails. Yeah, it just flail, wiggles about. Yeah, you would think it would explode at some point, because he stomps on it hard yeah. for a while. No, nothing. No, he fu- just there's, switched it to vibrate. Nothing like that, and it's still wiggling it on the ground. It just has a seizure, yeah. Yeah, when they're cutting away. So he's climbing out. His facial acting here is great. At this point, Terry's voice was really getting on my nerves, because he's just like screaming, you know, like, help, help! And his, his, the rest of that scene, I think he's a killer. He's great, but like his voice is too... Like that slightly, it's not quite, maybe just right at pubescent. So it's cracking and breaking. He's like, help me. Like it's cracking up and down. <laughs> Horrible. Uh, but just great shit. Uh, this is a fantastic scene. Um, all things considered, though, like when he gets down there, I think the gate to the world of the old gods is kind of unremarkable. It's just a yeah. big dirt hole. With some purple. Yeah, with a little bit of purple glow. But like I was expecting maybe some cool stalagmites, you know? Um, what's funny though is they get out of there. Terry's trying to get back to the Bible verse he reads. He just says, fuck this, chunks the Bible into the hole, and then fucking fire just explodes out of it. It rules. It's like Power Ranger sparks yeah. and fire. Oh yeah, it's like absolutely the the one of the Zords just hit a building, yep. so that it's like that sparkler shit. But fire comes out, the lights come back on in the building, and for the second time, we think it worked, the gates closed. And we really need to stop believing this movie when it tries to make us think everything's okay. Yeah. So where are the dipshit sisters? So the the gang comes back in, and as they're kind of assessing everything, it's like, oh, I'm thinking they're dead. Because they do mention there's two human sacrifices needed to complete the gate opening. Yep. And I was like, oh, the dipshit sisters just ran and got fucking just... They got, you know, that nightmare on Elm Street. They just got sucked to the ceiling and then into the bed. The blood poured up or whatever. The Sisters Lee. Yeah, they got Johnny Depp. Yeah. But turns out we're not that lucky or they're they're that lucky, but we are not. They're just hiding in the pantry. They have ropes of garlic around their neck, which I guess this family. I I popped so much for that. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah, they got like a butter knife and a candle. They're holding it like a cross, but they've got the garlic. Huge laugh out of me because I'm like, where the fuck did they get ropes of garlic? But it turns out everything is getting spooky. The front door's open. Hey, but it's just Eric and his dipshit friends. It's just the boys. Yeah. So the boys. The I'm boys, a little boys. disappointed that. So they're like, let's get the fuck out of here. Let's go party. We're going to go party. I got some Zima. Yeah, I got some Zima. You know, I got some fucking Bartles uh, and James. <laughs> Jesus. What I meant to bring that up in prehysteria the caddies are just chugging wine coolers are all they? the time oh i never noticed it I, it popped me so good because i remember when i worked at the liquor store we had this one like aging yuppie that would only come in and get bartles and james and get bartles and james wine coolers fuck so they're le- so you know 
at this point, Al, the sister, decides to be like the sister. You know, she's she's sticking around. She's going to be here with her brother in this fucking ordeal because she knows what's going on. And the dipshit sisters are like, fine, we'll just go get fucking finger blasted by ourselves then, loser, later. Uh, and they leave. So um, there is... So th- anyway, so sorry. Uh, Glenn, Al, and Terry, they kind of are just like, all right, everything's great now. They're all like, let's get some rest. We've earned it, right? So then we cut to a movie playing, and I'm like, is this Cannibal Holocaust or some shit? Like, what movie is playing on in the background of this scene? Because there's like, they're looking, they're back looking at the geode, and it's got to be a horror movie. Every time the TV's on, it's something weird. It's something fucked up and weird. Yeah, yeah. and I, I'm guessing it's just something that popped the director to be like, put this on in the background. It's probably his student films. Yeah. So now we get my favorite like dream logic payoff where you know glenn and terry are just sitting there and all of a sudden a fucking corpse just <laughs> bursts through the wall it just flops right out and he goes oh it's the workman who was apparently died while making their house this was covered earlier but terry goes oh i made that up but it's all too real now and he gets dragged to fucking hell. Oh yeah, and he belongs to the wall now. Yeah, the wall opens up, the purple lights going and this zombie just drags Terry into the wall and, then the and closes up. Closes. Just zips right back up. Fucking love this movie. So Glenn is freaking out, aptly so. I mean, we this is the second false happy ending we are now seeing the aftermath of. He goes back into the uh, into the kitchen. It's fucked up. We are definitely now living in his nightmare, right? Like everything is going fucking crazy. He walks into the the foyer he looks up the stairs and the fucking runes from the dark book are painted in blood on the wall up there uh we cut to uh we cut to hal she's doing her like combing her hair brushing her hair and doing her marsha brady and it's fucking bob from twin peaks like the corpse of the fucking guy is there too and i'm like holy shit and at this point this is all going very quick i mean i'm watching this we're watching this at, a, at an elevated rate, but shit is going fast yeah, It's here. one thing after another. Yeah. So now the zombie is actually in Al's room. Al fights it off. There's a fu- uh, chunks of boombox right at its face, just bounces right off. And it's like, how did that not hurt? Because they hit the ground and he's actually a bunch of these little, you know, the BDGs. Now, just little I, I, would, I would like to bring this up just uh, for a little bit of continuity. All she did was huck a boombox at him, right? Yeah. And about five minutes from now, when the next zombie shows up, she blasts him in the eye with the shotgun. Doesn't phase him at all. Right, right. Well, it's the same zombie. Well, Boomboxes were really heavy in the 80s. But he's saying that should have done some more damage. I'm just making a joke. Oh, yeah, it's fine. Okay, so, so, uh... Sorry for stepping on your style there. <laughs> yeah. We just missed one of the things that always creeped me out so much as a kid. Oh, oh, yes. The rat Terry. Yeah, so Glenn... So, okay, actually, the setup to this is really good. They're like, what do we do? And they're like, Glenn, child, go get dad's gun. Of course. Of course. Yeah, I'm sure this kid, this little dork, has shot a gun before. What could possibly fucking go wrong? He goes and finds, I guess, like, the gun bag or something they just go in the hall closet they yeah. go downstairs and go to yeah the, it's not the hall protected at all it's just it's 87 you don't have to lock yeah. your guns so up he's now. like rummaging through it and all of a sudden terry's face with rat teeth comes out of nowhere and just starts biting glenn and he starts screaming for uh for for al to come help him meanwhile all the little demons are like clawing their way through the doors it's like we're ramping up we're ramping up i mean 
he would absolutely have bitten through Glenn's hand by the time it takes oh, yeah. Al to get down there. But I, I guess, guess he's just weak, not biting that hard. Terry jaws. <laughs> His very narrow jaw, you know. Um, so what this oh, what popped the shit out of me is Al with perfect improvised weapon grabs a fucking Barbie doll off the ground and uses the leg to stab Terry in the fucking eye. So this is where we actually get some gore. It is like pops in and it shows like Terry's eye is gouged out and there is blood. She pulls that Barbie out. That leg is red. And that is funny to me because like, Barbie legs Barbie are actually fucking dangerous. Like those things are fucking sharp little fucking feet, man. My sister had Barbies. We get an incredible smash zoom onto one of the demons. They're kind of like standing in the awning, like on the second oh, floor, just glaring with the glaring eyes, and it cuts to them. It shows a small one. We get a smash zoom to an obviously different model of the demon because it that changed shots. Uh, and now you know shit's just going down. They get in the closet. We had the the dead face of Zombie Terry sucked back into the wall. Uh, now Al's trying to load the shotgun. I guess she knows how to handle fucking guns. She keep that thing on her. She stays strapped. Uh, but now it's not Terry that comes out to attack him. It's the fucking zombie yeah, the work maintenance man. man again. He comes out, gets blasted in the face, as Travis said, by the shotgun. Does not stop at all. And he just grabs Al by the fucking leg and starts just dragging her ass. Like, she's completely upside down. There's a lot of great shots at th- like from this part of the movie onward. And I did think it was a good touch that the zombie was missing its eye to show that it's the same thing as Terry. You know, it's just the demons taking different form. Glenn gets tossed around a ton. We get a lot of shots of him flying. Oh, like he gets the, yeeted. It's so good. And they're all good. They're all kind of like that Sam Raimi, like the yeah, follow, follow shot. Yeah, real good shit. Travis, what are your thoughts on this part of the movie? This is where, yeah, this is uh, where it starts. Where he finds the power of love. Yes. Because that's the only thing that can beat the demon. Of love and light. Love and light. And I so the, the mega rocket. From mm-hmm. earlier, the thunderbolt. Oh yes, has to come back into play. Yep. Then the floor just oh, breaks all those wide floors. open. Yeah. This was a, another great scene as he's running back upstairs. The the foyer, like the foyer, the the wood floor just crumbles beneath him, and it opens into just a yawning void, like a big chasm. That's so good with the actual what, what I would say is probably the actual gate because we see kind of the bottom of it is like just this light, and. uh Shit's going fucking crazy. All the stairs are breaking. It's like an Uncharted game. Yeah, it's it's fucking wild. Everything is coming off the fucking hinges here. Yeah, you got that. Literally and figuratively. He finds the rocket, but as he does this, um, we get the arrival of of the big... The, the biggest, biggest big boy. The big bad boy. The big the real, bad demon. The dark lord. That's... I don't even know what Glenn's doing at this point, because he's starting to try to launch his rocket, but there's no target. At nothing, yeah. Yeah, inside. So I guess he's just going to launch it at the hole? I think he just thinks that if there's enough love and light, it will be fine. I we get a shitload of the little minion things pouring yeah. out of this big, they're all just coming gaping out. maw of a floor. Yeah, if they're just coming out full force right now. They're kind of dancing up, and an enormous fucking beast begins to rise. Yeah, A it's giant beast thing. with big arms, and then also little tiny little arms. Little T-Rex arms, too. And the tiniest little mouth on him. He yes. can't chew nothing. That's why he doesn't eat Glenn when he picks him up, because yeah. I can't fit anything in that mouth. And those extra arms are not practical. They the demon shoulders is a little fucking weird. Yeah, he's a little campy. So it's we see the real gate. The demon lord's here. Glenn goes out there, faces the demon head on, but the demon just like pat him on his whittle head. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
He didn't just pat him on his leg. I mean, he does something here, but at first... He picks him up, looks at him, is like, eh. He pats him, uh, and then he he gives him a gift. Uh, I was like, oh, he's payment now, you know, for my second hereditary reference of the the night. Uh, And then he just kind of fucks off. The Demon King just kind of like goes like, I'm going to look at my minions now. And then, in, in a weird thing, and this is some more cool dream logic, he gives Glenn an eye in his palm. But it's like a human eye. Uh, also, fun fact, that's not Glenn's hand. Whose hand is that? That is a grown man's hand. That makes sense why the hand is so large. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Whose eye is it? Uh, Glenn's the eye, eye. may be a special event, but it's, I, I did watch the thing. They were like, no, if you go back and look at it now, you can see that's a grown man's that's a grown hand. Ass it's man's not hand. a tiny boy's hand. So Glenn is like fucked up by this. He goes back to his room. He looks out the still broken window. The hole is now just spewing he, this dark kind miasma. Of looks like he's just trying to accept everything. Yeah. Like, well, I guess this is life now. I guess this is the end of the world. Hell we did is it. spewing out of my backyard mm-hmm. hole. I have an eye hand. Yeah. This is doom now. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a big, there's like a miasma in the sky. Like it's spreading. The darkness is growing out. Hell is on earth. He's crying. He's like, I blew it. I'm the worst guy in the world. But then he decides to get metal as fuck. Oh, yeah. Glenn is coming back. We do get a shot of, like, there's a baby doll that was there in the dream in the beginning. There's some references to that. But we see the, uh, the moth jar. And Glenn is like, I'm sick of it. He hurls it. You know? He's like, I'm not going to do this shit. Fuck you, demon. I'm not going to do whatever. <laughs> fuck you, demon. Fuck I'm Glenn. Fuck you, demon. I'm Glenn. And he finds, he looks at the hand. He grabs a piece of fucking glass from the broken window oh i hate this just stabs that shit right into the eye in his hand blood in the hand but the eye immediately disappears all puckered up mm-hmm. i don't know why there was an eye on his hand just what be freaky i mean yeah, yeah. There's, there's no real reason it's dream logic yeah. i was like i i was like oh okay to inspire by the hand now to I have inspire gary the tormo later for pan's labyrinth that's true that's oh, the only I reason pan's labyrinth oh man i think that's past our time but i'd watch that anytime and talk about it so yeah, now he's like, I got to do it. I got to get the fucking, the rocket. I got to shoot the rocket. I got to do love and light. Um, this bit's kind of interesting. He's like slowly kind of making his way back down. Making his way downtown. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, long story short, he does eventually launch the rocket. Yeah, so he had to go back under the bed because he yeah. had to get his present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The sure launch because he kept trying to light matches, but it's too windy in the house yeah, for a match. Because of all the hell smoke. So he had to get the electric sure launch. Now, I did have a note here uh, where he's looking for batteries, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I just wanted to pose the question, what's better, charging or batteries? Because right now you can go find new batteries if you're in this spot. Mm-hmm. If you had to charge the sure launch... Ah, I'm you're pretty fucked. sure you're not plugging in and getting electricity. Yeah, there's no, I mean, there's no electricity. That's obvious. Nope. Yeah, I mean. So you got to go old school, right? Yeah. You got to get big ass yeah, D, you batteries D batteries. So you better at least hope there's some backup. Now, I did like how he's like, shit, you know, it's like, for like he tries to do it. It's like, oh, batteries required. But he's a smart, resourceful kid. He's like, all right, right here. He just unscrews the flashlight. There's your D batteries, brother. I thought it'd be more of like a dilemma, but it's actually just kind of a like, oh, okay. You yeah. know, it's just showing that now he's resourceful. Yeah, he's resourceful. He's good. He's brave. He's a big, brave boy. The Demon King pops back out of the hole. Like, what the fuck's going like, on there? Out of nowhere. Like, what's going on? This is my house now. Get out of my property. His little waist tentacles are just flailing yeah, he's about. Got all of his little weird arms. And uh, he, and for when he, when Glenn launches it, we get the best special effect of the movie. That too, but he also goes, Happy birthday, Al! 
Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, yeah, we see, are you talking about when it enters the yes. body? He shoots the rocket and it just goes glorp. <laughs> just yeah. like it hits the heels right back up. Paper skin. <laughs> but it like just absorbs it. And at first it looks like, you're fucked, dude. Nothing happened. Then the Demon King just starts, ra- he grabs Glenn by the leg and just starts ragdolling his ass. But then the power of love. Because he can't eat him with that tiny ass mouth. Yep. The power of love. He explodes. We get the best special effects shot of the movie as Glenn is forcefully ejected from by the exploding uh, Demon King. He out turns the into front a damn door. gymnast. <laughs> what the just... hell did you just pause on? He's in pieces. <laughs> but, buddy, it made it even better than I thought it could ever be. He's like, did he lose his shirt? He's what happened like there? Pixelated. <laughs> He looks fine. It must have just been like a weird freeze frame. But yeah, he's just like head over heels over and over again in the worst looking yeah. just blue screen ever. And it rules. And it's I guess so good. the rocket had fireworks in it, but not just like one or two. It's a fucking fireworks show. It's like show. Texas 4th of July. Yeah. Yeah. It is the power of Houston sponsored by fucking Centerpoint blowing fucking fireworks up but the sky clears the miasma is dispelled and in this really weird blue screenshot of like glenn looking over the, the hell the ruined hellscape prairie that it is toronto neighborhood yeah it's like a weird like kind of cactus bush he's like well guess i'll hit the old dusty trail all my friends are dead gotta go rustle up some supper so then he goes back to the house it is a fucking mess i mean this house is ruined as shit oh there's no save in this house yeah there's no floor there's yeah there's literally a gaping chasm because the chasm i believe is still there to some degree in the house i think it's mostly dirt now okay it is still smoking it is a smoldering angus is back angus is back and alive which is the best reveal in the movie it is the best outcome he's very happy to see him of course uh terry 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 and al are are also both still alive but angus inexplicably is also alive where because we never saw demons i guess i guess i guess we can say terry was also quote-unquote killed so the kids they they go back to the front door or for the front porch they sit down with angus they kind of reflect on uh you know their their whole deal um I did have a note that says everybody comes out of the closet, including Angus. Um, and I said, wait, Angus. Uh, Glenn's very proud of himself. We do see uh, Angus also goes back to where the hole was in the backyard to recover Terry's lost sneaker. That lets you know everything is right in the world. Mm-hmm. We have wrapped it all up in a tiny little bow and we pan up to the sky and that's it. But one thing is kind of the last shot we see of the group sitting there. You hear uh, Glenn go... You're my best buddy. And it's most obvious 80-yard line. Oh, yeah. And it's like, it was so sicklingly, like, cloyingly sweet. I'm like, we didn't need that fucking line. Like, whatever dipshit was like, got to put a little heartwarming, heartwarming, like, friendship thing at the end. Like, they should be fine. You know they should have called? Mm. was Mr. Cranston. Okay. He's like, okay. Oh, <laughs> see you kids found my demons. <laughs> he just kind of puts the like throws the, raisins at him. Yeah, gets some raisins. The, the demon's like, ah, and then like takes you know the tailgate of his truck off down, and they just hop back in, and he goes off. Uh, and that, as we pan up to the sky, I was like, what a perfect corny fucking ending. That's it. Credits roll the gate. My favorite thing about the ending is that the house is so fucked. Yeah. The house does not get fixed. It doesn't go back to normal, but we don't get to see the parents go back to normal. Yeah. But the house is wrecked. The property damage is real. (laughs) Okay. The parents, we assume are going to come back in like a day and lose their goddamn. They're going to kill Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. 
Fuck, Angus is fine now. Glenn's dead. Everything's Glenn's fault already anyway. I assume, as, as, you said, as I said, like, Glenn's dead. I'm sure someone on the internet somewhere has made a thing where, like, Glenn was dead the whole time. This is all... Because that's always what people oh, do geez. now. Yeah. Uh, but what a fucking joy this How movie How sure was. are we, we that this movie was not made by uh, model rocket companies? Yeah. <laughs> that's just to push their product. Because in 87, people were launching rockets. That's man. true. Tybor was just like, you know what? Model rockets, that'll really resonate. He's talking, maybe there's a big model rocket company in Toronto, and they're like, we'd oh. love to sponsor your movie. I was planning on, I did not look if Sure Launch was a real thing. I mean, I know those... Those electronic starts are. Yeah, but if that's an actual brand, yeah, that's a good question. Because I'm like, oh, they definitely fucking, that's all them. It's them and model rock companies. Like, hey, look, bud, last quarter dipped. Yeah. We need some money. Yeah, some, some like guy, like looking like Wilford Brimley is like sitting at a desk, like, how much money you need for this picture? Like, I think we can fork that out, you know? Sales are dipping. We need to get that out with the kids. Kids love horror movies and put a model rocket in it, you know? Uh, much like this was the this was this movie's version of Hanson's Cherry Lemonade from from Area oh, Three. So uh, I love this. I'll start um, fucking four stars. It's yeah. not a it's not a flawless movie. Like there's enough little things where you know, but I think I think firmly great and an easy recommend to anyone. Oh yeah, this lived up to my childhood memories completely, yeah. and I've also seen it a thousand times since childhood. Sure, I get four and a half. Four and a half, easy. All right, it's from that like great period of eighties horror where mm-hmm. it's still mostly practical effects. They haven't started introducing just tons of jump scares yet, right? So everything still actually had scare to it. Yeah, it's about the and, vibe and you know the build up. Yeah, it's just it's good. Yeah, and it still watches really well. Really, really good. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I think if I would have grown up with it, I'd be with you. But because it's still, you know, only my second or third watch, I'll, I'll easily go four. Yeah, I, 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 hey, I'm happy with all these scores. Yeah. I'd, I'd happily recommend anybody else to watch Absolutely. this movie. This oh, was yeah. a, a fucking anybody treat, else not of our age, yeah, or yeah, even yeah. a little bit older, but somebody who could relate to this movie growing up. And I can't wait to make y'all watch the second one, which does not live up to this at all. Oh, <laughs> oh, good. Can't wait to have but my. You it's know. so weird. Okay. I can I can fuck with weird. Yeah. All right. It's a Terry movie. It's good. Well, it's good in its own way. Terry Returns. The Gate 2. Terry Returns. Terry Boogaloo. Terry Boogaloo. Well, folks, we're ending a, a an almost 12-hour day of recording these things. Uh, we're going to wrap it up. Uh, Joe, what, what can the people expect next time? Well, next time in between, maybe they can expect a little taste of what we're going to give them. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well... For all of us, this has been Video City, and we'll see you all next time. (laughs) 